Hello, everyone. Guess what? I'm not 23 anymore. That's right. You're 24. I don't know why I hesitated on the number that comes after 24. Oh, you're 27. That's right. Of course. After 23, I guess after a little bit comes 27. Yeah, about four years, maybe. Yeah. What's a couple of years between friends? <laughs> Finally, people can like me again. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're allowed to be liked now. Finally, after all this year. <laughs> all this what a year. Time for me to become liked when nobody can go outside. <laughs> yeah, for real. You got robbed. <laughs> we'll have to postpone your designated liking time. Dude, you don't know how pissed I was when I found out that we were going, like, Michigan specifically was going to be quarantined the day of my birthday. <laughs> it's really just a, a happy thing to wake up to, isn't it? Like, I have friends who are like, oh yeah, I'll, I was going to give you this present today, but, like, I can't leave my apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, I have a friend who's very, very immunocompromised, and if she goes outside, she will probably die. Right, and like just in general, mail's fucked. Well, not not like really because the postal service got to keep going, but like I have concerns about sending people mail. <laughs> it it's pretty fucked right now. Uh, uh -huh. Like I have our good friend of the show Danielle. She sent me a T-shirt. It was supposed to be here on the day of my birthday, which was Monday. It's not going to be here till Saturday at Gee. least. Yeah, like, it's, it's it's wild that this is our normal now. Yeah, let's try not to brood too much on it this episode. We spent the past two episodes doing that. We can take a break. <laughs> yeah, we can give our listeners a break, too. <laughs> Speaking of break, we did take a break. In case you missed us, I'm Cameron. I'm Dave. Together. I'm the lakes. And I'm the rivers. <laughs> Unfortunately for some. <laughs> Apologies to all Rivers Cuomo fans. You know, all two of you. Uh, the two of you that stuck around. The two of you that have been in quarantine since 1994. Including, but not limited to, Rivers Cuomo. <laughs> He's one of them. Uh, the other one is... Um, I'm gonna say... I was gonna say his wife, but then I thought about it and I was like, nah. I went through, like, his bandmates, all of the people he's been in a band with before, and I was like, no, probably none of them. <laughs> Like, Brian is... I don't want to speculate on their individual friendships. <laughs> but I feel like Brian is the closest thing to a Rivers Cuomo fan there is. <laughs> I feel like Pat likes him. But yeah. I also feel like Pat likes the money that he helps him make. <laughs> um, Actually, if you've seen... There's been some interviews. That, obviously, there's been interviews with a famous band. Uh, what? Since White Album came out... Um. Rivers actually really hated working with the producer for White Album, um, but Pat was like, yeah, if he wants to do an album with us again, I'd be down for that. That doesn't surprise me, because, like, for those of you who did not uh, read <clears throat> read that uh, interview that um, I believe uh, Pat did with, I don't remember the website, it might be Kerrang, I'm not sure, um... But he did an interview where he, like, went through the Blue Album, because it was, like, the 
this was last year that it was the 25 year anniversary of it mm-hmm. and i forget exactly what he said but he basically said that uh rivers wanted to like do a lot more experimentation but pat was more of just a rock guy and he mm-hmm. just wanted to rock yeah and i like if you look at uh, some of the parts from between White Album and Pacific Daydream. Like, he gets a lot more chances to do cool things on White Album and then Pacific Daydream. I think they might have... Did they bring back the drum machine for that album? I think they did, and I think that's part of why I hate that album. <laughs> yeah, like, the person who got interesting parts on Pacific Daydream was Scott. And, like, as a bass player, I won't complain about that, but, like, why can't they both have good parts on one album maybe you guys didn't notice but a rhythm section is both the bass and the drums yeah like maybe river should play the lead guitar and pat should play the drums that's that's just my suggestion is that is that back to the shack or is that ain't got nobody it's back to the shack yeah okay ain't got nobody is uh (laughs) rock is dead guitars are dead i like ain't got nobody more sonically I think so, too. I will say that lyrically, Back to the Shack is better. I have respect for the stuff on Everything Will Be Alright in the end. Um, But it has, of, like, the sort of four albums that Weezer fans kind of hold up as their top-tier albums, I think Everything Will Be Alright in the end is the one that wore on me. I mean, that's fair. It wasn't perfect, like... In my mind, nothing will ever beat Blue, just because like, mm-hmm. that was the first Weezer album I listened to. That was the one that like spoke to me, so to speak. I think it's got a transcendent energy. I don't. I have all the respect in the world for what Pinkerton did. Some of the songs don't really work for me, but I do like it as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love... Uh, I actually really, really like Everything Will Be Alright in the End. If for no other reason than Return to Ithaca fucking rocks. Oh, it's so good. Why can't Rivers do that more often? We should have at least two more songs in that in that vein. Please, God. And he wants to write. He wants to write his weird Radiohead parody. <laughs> Actually, uh, I was talking to a friend last night. She got a little under the influence, if you know what I'm saying. All right. And uh, I, we were talking like D and D stats, and she was like, "How are you so smart?" And I was like, because I'm good at everything but wisdom. She was like, I have a high int but a terrible constitution. And I was like, you gotta face it, you're a weezer. But I spelled it like Weezer with a D at the end. <laughs> she was like, I don't, I don't even like Weezer. My name is Bonin. <laughs> and then the next day she texted me like, God, I forgot how fucking creepy no one else is. Oh yeah, <laughs> it totally is. Like I used to, I used to go to bat for no one else, and I don't anymore. <laughs> I mean, I will not go to bat for no one else. I will go to bat for the story between no one else and the world has left turned and left me here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the fucker got what he deserved. As far as uh, yeah. And also, The World Has Turned and Left Me Here is probably one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Like, full stop. I love that song. It's very good. And do you know why? Because Pat did a damn good job on that song. Yeah! It's not as good as My Name is Jonas, drumming, drum-wise, but it's fucking good. 
God, I listened to My Name is Jonas, like, I think it was earlier today, but I took a nap, so it, my, my sense of what a day is has changed. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, damn. <laughs> I like My Name is Jonas a lot. It's like, probably, this may be a bold statement to make, it's probably the best, like, first song that Weezer has ever written. I think I agree with this. Ain't Got Nobody is Close. I happen to like Tired of Sex, if for no other reason than the Pinkerton scream is fucking awesome. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good opener. And that solo in the middle is really good as well. Yeah. I just like Get You a little tiny bit better. That's okay. I know how you feel about Get You, but <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I think My Name is Jonas beats Tired of Sex out just barely, but it's it's close. But like, between like blue pinkerton and everything will be all right in the end everything except for those is like eh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> why did they open maladroit with american gigolo someone tell me i really have no idea <laughs> it's not actually bad but it's not good <laughs> you know who else is really good at opening songs who the band that weezer sort of gets compared to and that's green day mm-hmm like I don't know how extensively you've listened to Green Day. Probably not as much as me, but um, their first out, al- well, their first big album, Dookie, starts with Burnout, which is a fucking slap to the face, no matter what you're expecting. <laughs> like, I love Burnout so much. Um, I think on Insomniac, Armitage Shanks is pretty okay. Um, it's not the greatest, but like a lot of people don't seem to like Insomniac as a whole. Right. I don't know how I feel about that, but I, I, eh, eh, eh. Uh, Nimrod starts with Nice Guys Finish Last, which is a great song. <laughs> I wish that it started with Hitchin' a Ride, because that's my favorite Green Day song. Hitchin' a Ride is really good. Love Hitchin' a Ride. Uh, warning starts with Warning, which, like, makes sense. Consider yourself warned. Warning is a pretty okay track. Uh, I like what they did with it. The they basically flipped it so that the bass is leading the song and the guitar is the rhythm. Okay. It's a cool idea. Yeah, I can I get behind that. Um, American Idiot also starts with American Idiot. <laughs> right. If you don't know American Idiot, what the fuck? I'd be surprised if the people watching this didn't know American Idiot. Because, like... I remember nothing about American Idiot, but I know I know Canadian Idiot. I'm pretty solid on how American Idiot sounds based on that. 21st Century Breakdown started with 21st Century Breakdown, and, like, that album as a whole was pretty, like... Middling? It kind of flatlined at certain points. Mm-hmm. I think when 21st Century Breakdown got going, the song, I mean... When it got going, I thought it was really good. But overall, it's not as strong. We don't talk about Uno, Dos, and Trey right now. <laughs> not yet. And uh, I I will be honest, I have not listened to um, Revolution Radio as much as I would have liked to. But I do recall enjoying the first track. Mm-hmm. And Father of All is still fresh in my mind, so I don't know that much about it yet. But, uh, actually, that segues pretty nicely, because 
in the two weeks we were gone, there was a lot of music news. <laughs> yeah, I guess there is. Uh, first of all, um, sticking with the Green Day thing, uh, Billy Joe Armstrong has decided to release uh, a series that he is calling No Fun Mondays. Okay, good start. <laughs> he is uh, releasing a new cover song every Monday until, and I quote, we're let back out into the world. I like it. I think I want to tune in for this. Uh, last week he did a rendition of I Think We're Alone Now. Okay. And uh, just this past Monday he released a cover of You Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory by Tiny Thunders. Neither a little bit. Of which I think I remember I Think We're Alone Now, but I don't remember You Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory. I can tell you that Weezer covered I Think We're Alone Now. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard I Think We're Alone Now, though. It's a pretty okay The Killers covered it? Who, who? The Killers. <laughs> That's, I mean, it sounds like something they would cover. Yeah, it's it's totally their bag. I want to know who who all has covered this song. <laughs> that may be a Google search for a later time. <laughs> um, uh, beyond that, uh, this happened literally yesterday. Uh, death metal band Cattle Decapitation <laughs> just released a video for their newest, for one of the songs off their new album. The song is called Bring Back the Plague. Okay. And they did it for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I imagine they didn't just stumble upon this idea accidentally right before we all get locked in our homes. Uh, they released the video and they put a disclaimer in the beginning that said, this was recorded on cell phones at the band members' individual houses. <laughs> Does it sound like that? I gotta know. It doesn't sound like that, but like... The video is just the band chilling out on their couch playing video games and reacting to the news. <laughs> I kind of like videos like that. And at the end of the video it says, Boom, listen to Death Atlas. <laughs> um, there's still more music news, though. There really is. The, the music news does not stop. No, it doesn't. Uh, first of all, Lorna Shore has a new vocalist, at least for the tour part of it. Okay. Uh, I have listened to some of the stuff he does live, and he's really, really good. Uh, this is excellent news. It's great for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> beyond that, um, speaking of singers, uh, the uh, those of you who remember our emo episode, Jared Alonji, the creator of uh, Canadian Softball, has another band called the Sunrise Skater Kids, which is pop punk. Right. And uh, they're looking for a new vocalist. Was wait, was Jared not? Is he not doing it? <laughs> Jared wasn't the vocalist for uh, Sunrise Skater Kids. Oh, I had no idea. He has like four bands, and he is the vocalist for one of them. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I was like half considering sending in an audition. That could be fun. Yeah. The problem is that I cannot, uh, I am not classically trained, but also it's pop punk, so who can say? <laughs> <laughs> I I think you'll find very, not a lot of pop punk vocalists who are classically trained. That is fair. 
Lastly, this is the last thing I have that I can remember right now. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> you gotta hold it all in your head at the same time, and it's like something's gonna fall out. Fucking jeez. Um, so, the, uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Nate Wants to Battle, a few years ago released an album called Thanks for the Covers, which is just a covers album of yeah. various pop-punk songs that he, I believe, was influenced by. Like, there was some Fall Out Boy in there. Um, there's a whole, I believe he covered Holiday by Green Day, which, you know, good, good for me. <laughs> uh, he's releasing another one. Okay. Called, uh, Thanks for More Covers. <laughs> Do we have a track list? We have 19 tracks. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, so, normally, like, I expect a couple of songs that, like, Nate Wants to Battle's wears his influences on his sleeve. Like, I expect some Panic at the Disco. They're on here. I expect some Fall Out Boy. He's covering Sugar. We're going down on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the Panic song? He's doing uh, Build God, Then We'll Talk. Oh, fuck yeah. It's a good one. Uh, he's doing Jimmy World the Middle. Yes. He is doing Feel Good Inc. by the Gorillas. That one was a surprise. <clears throat> Uh, these two, like, set me back. He's doing My Own Worst Enemy by Lit with Dan Avedon. Oh. You know, Danny Sexbang. He's just kind of there. And he's also doing In the End by Linkin Park featuring Aaron Hansen. Wow. But the two that I am most excited about on this one, uh, track 17... Writing on the Walls by Under Oath. Oh, that's, that's kind of a deep cut. That's hella lit, and I'm excited for that. But most of all, track six, Hitching a Ride by Green Day. Yes. Let's go. Also taking back Sunday, but nobody cares about them. <laughs> I'm looking at the track list for his first cover album. And was It Must Really Suck to Be Four Years Strong right now? Was that a popular song when it came out? I don't know. <laughs> I know, like, one Four Years Strong song, and it's their cover of Spiderwebs, which I believe is by... Oh, the name's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Gwen Stefani, I think. Spiderwebs. I gotta look that up. But, um, they do, like, a kind of ska punk cover i think um and i don't know why i just google searched spider wibs and hoped that this song would come up but yeah it's a, it's a gwen stefani song um and that's the only thing that i know about four years strong besides their single i assume uh called it must really suck to be four years strong right now Nate uh, <laughs> <laughs> wants to battle is also very influenced by a day to remember as shown by the fact that he did All I Want, and on this new one, he's covering The Downfall of Us All, which is, like, their biggest song. Okay. I have bad me- I have bad feelings associated with A Day to Remember because I got punched in the concert once, but hey. Would you say that that would be A Day to Remember? I hate you so much. <laughs> but it was because I got to see Under Oath, so that's fine. There you go. You know what? It works out. That's that's just that's just karma right there. 
Hey, look, Under Oath came back into the conversation. It's almost like you should listen to Under Oath. Listen to Under Oath. <laughs> I am getting subliminal messages here. I fear this for my life. Question. This is a demand. <laughs> Define the Great Line is one of the best fucking albums to ever exist, and you cannot change my mind. <laughs> well, I've got a little bit of music news myself. Yeah, uh, let me just make sure I haven't missed any new releases. I have not. Uh, but the first thing is, uh, a famous band known as Weezer uh, <laughs> released a Flash game, uh, ah, yes. which I have not yet played. I didn't get around to it um, yet. It is. Uh, it's... <laughs> uh, it's called The End of the Game Game. Uh, I guess maybe it should be called The The End of the Game Game. Uh, and I'm told that it's supposed to be unbeatable, so I'll report back when I when I beat that video game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then besides that, John Darnell of the Mountain Goats has been working on some new stuff. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that means there's going to be a new Mountain Goats album. I think yeah. there was a track list that he posted uh, on a piece of paper on Twitter earlier today. So let's find that. Please have it somewhere. Where is I mean, it? If, if uh, Slipknot has taught me anything, that couldn't come out in like five years. <laughs> I mean, I think that uh, the Mountain Goats album cycle is pretty, uh, pretty quick. Because I think In League with Dragons came out last year, if I remember correctly. It did. God. <laughs> uh, why can time? I not find has the track list? A month, a week, a year. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this whole year has just been, the, like, three years in, in three months. Um, fucking blur. I will find this track list, even if I have to... Does John not have his own Twitter account? Where did I see this track list? <laughs> did I hallucinate this track list? No, I'm gonna Very find well it. Might have. The quarantine is getting to you. <laughs> I, I've dreamed up a new Mountain Goats album. <laughs> the hierarchy of needs Mountain Goats album. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot find it. Okay. Wait. No, here? No, no. That's that's in League of Dragons news. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I definitely uh, have hallucinated some new Mountain Goats tracks, except that I know that they exist. Look out for that new Mountain Goats album. You know what? I'm going straight to YouTube. It's here. And no, I don't want to look for the Mountain Ghosts. <laughs> that's That's what they are after the... Halloween cover band. Here, here, I found it. There's there's at least three tracks that exist, and they're called For the Snakes, and they're called Until Olympius Returns, and they're called Exegetic Chains, and I'm interested in this. I appreciate that you said they're called three times. Yes, I. you have to repeat it first. It's a uh, rhetorical emphasis. <laughs> so... That's a thing. I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, I've been listening to more Mountain Goats lately. To uh, be fair, they're good quarantine music. Yes. <laughs> I feel like John Darnielle kind of quarantined himself before any of this happened. <laughs> I'm pretty sure John made a tweet recently about how he should team up with Spotify to make a pandemic playlist. <laughs> Dude, there have been so many pandemic playlists that I've looked at, but all of them are garbage, and I'm like, God wow. damn it. Come on, how am I supposed to conduct my life like it's some kind of 
art pop film if I can't have a proper soundtrack? It doesn't matter because none of them have uh, It's Only the End of the World by Harley Poe. And mm. that is the song that I sang the first day I learned about this whole situation. <laughs> if you don't know the song, the chorus goes, it's the end of the world and I don't give a shit. <laughs> they really do be like that. Oh boy. <laughs> Harley Poe sometimes is a very big mood. <laughs> Anything else? I think that's all I have for music news. Well, do you have any other pressing matters you want to talk about? Uh, is that a no? I think not. Alright, real quick before we do. Um... I have been listening to a lot of, like, mashup videos, like, meme mashup videos. Yeah. Uh, and I have come to the realization that apparently the only Slipknot song that exists is Psychosocial. <laughs> That's the only one that people seem to meme on. <laughs> you know, I was going to suggest Chop Suey, and then I realized that that is not Slipknot. That is, in fact, not Slipknot. So I guess, I guess it must be the only one that exists. Watch the video for Chop Suey, you see nobody in masks. <laughs> I have never watched the official video for Chop Suey, <laughs> only the meme videos. Days, I'm going to give you that album, and you're <laughs> going to be like, what the fuck, this is actually good? <laughs> no, I actually really like Chop Suey, <laughs> it's just that I've never heard Chop Suey. <laughs> I'm going to pull up YouTube and say every version of Chop Suey that I've heard. YouTube.com. Gonna type into the search bar once it shows up here. I'm gonna type in Chop Suey. And we're gonna see all of the Chop Suey. Why is my internet really slow all of a sudden? Give me Chop Suey. I just want to see Chop Suey by system of a down. Chopped Suey. Okay, good. I like it when I get texted by my friend Cameron. Cameron sent me a text. It's almost like I said it was gonna happen. Okay, cool. I'm responding to my friend Cameron's text. <laughs> uh, I have heard, probably, anyway, Chop Suey, but it's one beat off. Chop Suey, but you overslept. Yep. Chop Suey, but everything is a table. Yep. Uh, I need to find more of them. Uh, Chop Suey, way too happy acoustic cover. Definitely heard, heard that one. one. It. It's really good. Uh, I haven't heard Bohemian Chop Suey, but I really oh, want to. So I really want to hear that. Uh, I've heard Chop Suey, but it tastes terrible. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've heard Chop Suey, but it's iCarly, so that's gonna go on my list as well. Uh, I've almost definitely heard Chop Suey, but every other beat is missing. That uh, one, yeah, that one's. Those ones are pretty common overall. I feel. Mhm. Mm yeah. Because like the Megalovania, but it's one. One beat off. Everybody's heard that one. Right. Um, like the one beat off ones are so easy to make, and they're like people never expected for some reason. <laughs> Personally, my favorite Megalovania Megalovania meme song is uh, Megalovania, but there are no beats. <laughs> I'm so gonna have to like hear a this one. And a half of silence. <laughs> Megalovania, but it's. Uh, fucking 
<laughs> I lost the, I lost the train. <laughs> Dude, there's a, a cover artist that I listen to on YouTube named Family Jewels. Maybe familiar? Mm -hmm. uh, he does metal covers of various video game songs. Um, but he. First of all, he made his doorbell Megalovania at one point. <laughs> like, whenever somebody visited, they'd ring the doorbell and it would go... Da -da 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 -da. Absolutely solid. But uh, he also does this thing every year around April Fool's where he will release a song from a game. And then the day after, when is usually April Fool's, he will release the same video but call it Fixed. <laughs> Uh, the one he did this year was he did uh, the pizza theme from Spider-Man 2. You know, <laughs> he did that. He fucked up a major part of the song, sped it up to super fast. He randomly played All Star, and then he made it a horror soundtrack. <laughs> I respect it. My favorite was the 2017 one, because he did Through the Fire and Flames by Dragon Force. Of course. And for the fixed version, he cut out all the instruments, he cut out the vocals, and he replaced it with him going... <laughs> all seven minutes of the song. It's fixed. And at the end of the song, he just shouted, Why are you watching this? <laughs> Every time I watch it, I just giggle like an idiot. I love that for you. That aside, blindfolds aside, I think it's time for banding together. You mean the part of the show where we talk about the music that we have listened to in the last two weeks? I do mean the part of the show where we talk about the music that we listened to over the past two weeks. I love Dave. that part of the show. Dave! Hit Why me. Don't you start. Okay. Uh, here I have uh, a song by Apes of the State called Internet Song. Apes of the State is a, uh, I think folk punk is an accurate description. Uh, I haven't heard that much of them, but I've got some friends who are very much into them. Uh, and I, I like Internet Song. It's good. It reminds me of the internet. Wow. <laughs> Bet you didn't see that one coming. Wow. Uh, I listened to, there's a new single by the band Standards. Uh, Standards is a math rock outfit. Uh, I'm not familiar enough with them to know where from, but maybe they have it in there about. Let's see. That's an image gallery. Uh, I think that's it. They are from nowhere, apparently. Uh, Great. I must, I must assume, because it's not listed anywhere. Uh, but they have, they've toured with a couple of other math rock bands. Um... And I, I like their kind of, they've got a light instrumental sound. Uh, the song is called Special Berry, and I think it's fun. Um, and then I listened to Goths by the Mountain Goats, which is, I believe it's the album that they did before uh, In League with Dragons, but after Beats the Champ. I think that's one of the ones you've shown me before. Okay. Um, and I enjoyed it. Uh, this is my first time listening to it. Uh, eight days ago, according to Spotify, um, and 
like I don't I don't love everything that the mountain goats do, but there's there's some on here that have like grown on me a lot, and that was how it was when I listened to Beats the Champ, and it was also how it was when I listened to In League with Dragon. So I assume I'll probably become very accustomed to this album. I think John's got a way of writing songs uh, into an album that kind of like once you listen to him a couple times, you kind of feel like you're at home <laughs> uh, in a way. Um, I listened to Avalanche, which is a song by Leonard Cohen off his album Songs of Love and Hate. Uh, it's the one with Famous Blue Raincoat on it, not the one with Hallelujah. Um, I think Famous Blue Raincoat is lesser known, but it's still, if I'm not mistaken, one of his more popular ones. Yeah. Um, so by extension, I did listen to Songs of Love and Hate. Uh, and I, you know, Leonard Cohen's a fantastic musician. Um, He's not good for every situation, but... When you feel him, you feel him. Yeah. Avalanche was the one that stuck with me the most, uh, besides Famous Blue Raincoat, which I'd had on my Spotify for, I think, two or so... No, more than two years now. Gee. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Because that was in high school, and I am two years into college now. Gee. (laughs) Um, And then I also got off my butt and listened to, finally, uh, Los Gagaleros, which is a ska band. Uh, I listened to their only EP so far, uh, which I'm going to pronounce Los Gagaleros, uh, like the band name, but the O's here are stylized to be the at symbol. Um, so maybe it's, maybe it's Los Gagaleros, I don't know. Uh, but... (laughs) I dare say they're being slept on. Uh, (laughs) that is what I have to say about Los Gagaleros. Um... And then, just to make sure that I'm not missing any albums that I was getting back into, um, I did listen some more to A Thousand Gex by 100 Gex. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. I think they have maybe... No, I was going to say they had a new single, but they just posted a video on Twitter, which I suppose, given the nature of 100 Gex, could be a song, <laughs> but it's extremely difficult to tell. Uh so besides that, the only other thing that I listen to uh, is a song by Quiet Company called Get Beside Me, Satan. Uh, it's from their EP. It's not attractive and it changes nothing. Uh, and overall, I wasn't quite as uh, taken with the rest of the three-song EP as I was with Get Beside Me, Satan. Uh, but I really like Get Beside Me, Satan. It's got a nice, um, very fast, punky beat in the beginning, and then they they go into this really nice kind of slow section that I think Quiet Company's really good at. Uh, and, and then it... Yeah, I remember their, their slower stuff was a lot more interesting to me than the more punky stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and for me, I'm all about that speed. Uh, so it's, it's very cool when, like, near the end, they go, they launch into the chorus again. Uh, that gives me... That's like crack cocaine for me, but I have never seen a drug. Speedy. Dave being into speedy music is relevant for later. Trust me on this one. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, good. Uh, but that's what I've been listening to. What have you been listening to? Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, it's been a rough week for me, so I put on "We Are Not Your Kind" by Slipknot, the one yeah. released last year. Uh, if you don't know Slipknot, again, what the fuck? Um. Come on, we did a whole episode about Jack. An entire one about Iowa, which is not what I'm talking about. Um, 
this album focused lyrically focused a lot more on abusive people in Corey's life mm. and in particular the last two songs are my favorite those being not long for this world and soul way Firth. um not long for this world is a very emotional and slower track and the line that i like the most in it is you won't accept it and i don't care just that those two lines just kind of like hit me when i heard them i was like oh shit i feel that <laughs> then soul way firth is the i would say the heaviest song that they've ever released um at least since iowa but uh again the line in that song that gets me is um the last one actually you want the real smile i haven't smiled in years yeah like jesus give the man a hug <laughs> uh i've also been listening to uh the protoman's album the cover-up oh fuck yeah the protoman are a fantastic band they're actually from tennessee did you know that i did this is things that i did not know they're from the same place as our good friend fishfucker 69 <laughs> Yeah, if if you like put a gun to my head and demanded where are the proto men from, I would probably lie and tell you not Tennessee. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. But the cover up is good. Um I have been a big fan of Silent Running on Dangerous Ground since I heard yes. it. Yes. And in my opinion, this is the definitive version of In the Air Tonight. You are so valid. You know it's that? So good. The way that Raul Panther 3 holds the last note, I just, uh, I cry. I cry every time. It's so good. Also, uh, I listened to Nightmare by Avenged Sevenfold again. Okay. Um, Nightmare was their first album without their original drummer, James the Rev Sullivan. Uh, instead, they got the guy from Dream Theater to play drums. Huh? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> So the drumming on this album really picked up. Um, there's a nice mishmash of like heavier tracks, probably the heaviest the band has been since Waking the Fallen, and also some slower tracks, because the album is more or less a memoriam to the rev. And uh, lastly, just going to throw all that metal and rock that I was talking about out the window, because I've been listening to Discovery by Daft Punk. Okay, yeah. I know you're something of a Daft Punk fan. Discovery is the one with One More Time and Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger on it. A classic, then. And, uh, of course, uh, that made me think of the uh, Steam Powered Giraffe cover of Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. <laughs> Which, if I haven't shown you that yet, I need to show you that. I don't think you've shown me, because I've seen... you showed me Diamonds. But I don't think I've Diamonds. seen Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. Diamonds is my favorite SPG cover, because, like, A, it's one guy. B, that one guy harmonizes with himself. It is... C, I was surprised by how good it is. It took a bad song and just made it good. Right. impressive, no matter who you are. I was surprised by how much I liked it, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Discovery by Daft Punk has some slept-on tracks. Digital Love is really good. Um... My personal favorite is uh, Something About Us. There are very few lyrics, and it's a very somber track. Not what you would expect from, you know, the guys who made Get Lucky. Right. 
but it's just really peaceful and gives me a nice driving at night kind of vibe, similar to Breaking Out by the Protoman. Yeah. I've also been listening to Pagan Holiday by Harley Poe. You already know about that. There was a whole episode dedicated to it. Go listen to that if you want to know my opinion. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all we got for banding together. So Dave. Yeah. My good friend, why don't we go on to the album of the week? Let's do that. Let's do it. What is the album of the week, Dave? I Am I telling you the one that you gave me? No. Uh, just okay. what it is in general, like we did with Banding Together. <laughs> the album of the week uh, is uh, is the both of them? Hello, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> what episode are we on? Tell the, tell the people what album I gave you, Dave. You've given me uh, Kezia? Kezia. by Protest the Hero. Yes! Protest the Hero we is did it. a progressive metalcore band who started... This is actually their first uh, debut... I, record label debut. That's the word I was thinking. Did it. Uh, I personally got into protest the hero in about 2014 i picked up their album volition from a best buy because best buy used to have cds fuck yeah love uh, to I get listened... my music from best buy i listened to the song tilting against windmills and i kind of fell in love uh with the band as a whole so i started listening to their back catalog heard this album and just nose dived into it I love this Undertale font for the album art. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say it. It's a good thing Undertale came out ten years later. <laughs> it was meant to Toby be. Fox. Toby Fox, why'd you steal the, the font? Notable Protest the Hero fan, Toby Fox. <laughs> I can't believe Protest the Hero has the fucking Homestuck proximity number of two. <laughs> so much <laughs> so well Dave, yeah why don't we talk about no stars over bethlehem please do what did sure. you think of no stars over bethlehem uh <laughs> there's already like so much <laughs> to talk about in this track uh right like yeah like <laughs> you could you could talk so much about the band just, like, based on this one track, so I've tried to, like, mute it out over the course of the album, but, like, I think my favorite part of, uh, No Stars Over Bethlehem is, uh, the way that the song starts kind of after, uh, after the short piano intro, it kind of, it feels like it's coming at you from behind with the, the should never be scream, uh. I love, love that intro scream, that's... That was pivotal to me loving this album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, this is what we were just talking about, like, with strong openers. Like, if, if this album had just been... Write a strong opener. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if it wasn't quite so strong, I think that I wouldn't be as into it. Um, now, this is a concept album, correct? It is indeed. This is an album, a woman who is being executed. There are three characters in the album as a whole. Okay. Uh, each each character has three tracks dedicated to them, painting a general picture, their opinion on the situation as a whole, 
and their opinion on Keziah, the person who's being executed. Uh, Personally, song, I feel bad for Keziah. Understandable. Is, is that all you got? Yeah, that's all I have to say about Keziah right, so far. Fair. That's my character analysis. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Dave, I have to ask. Sure. What do you think of Rody Walker's vocals? They're so fucking good. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's like, not what I figured. Oh boy. <laughs> I think like the only other vocalist that I can compare uh this to um probably like uh it was just in my brain. Periphery. Yeah. Um they both vocalists kind it's of have a Walker singing. <laughs> yeah, they've got a very sim- they've got very similar uh, agile voices, so they can they can do a lot of like little licks, but they've also got that huge power behind their behind their voice. Right. Um, not to shirk on the other band members because they are putting in so much work. They really are. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to more of that in the next track probably, but. I want to point out in this song, Mo Carlson, the drummer, fucking phenomenal. Mm. Oh my god. He does so good on this one track. Absolutely. And like Dave was saying, there's so much to talk about with this one song. I have not gotten into the tempo changes. Yeah, this song is four minutes and it goes everywhere. Right? This should not be possible. (laughs) Oh god. Uh... I think we should move on, though, because otherwise we're going to spend the entire time <laughs> talking about No Stars Over Bethlehem. And sure. This fantastic song. Absolutely <laughs> wonderful song. There are nine other tracks we got to get. Through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the second track on this album is Heretics and Killers. Uh, I like I like song titles like these, like Drunk Lovers, Sinners, and Saints. Uh, I, love, I love this stuff. Good yeah, stuff. I like the kind of musy vibes that I get from this song. Uh, yeah, like one of the one of the main themes in it is uh, progression from the chord built around the first to a chord built around the seventh, and it's got that kind of kind of progression to it. And I I like that. It's it gives it a very unique energy. I think. Right. Right. Uh, what I always liked about this song was a few things, of course. Uh, first of all, the line in the song... Oh god, what even is it? Uh, the like second line of the song, he says, They call me the man of the Son of Christ, but tonight... And then in the background, there's some harsher vocals that say, Tonight we sleep as killers. Mm. That comes back into play, but... This is one of my favorite songs lyrically, and there's one line in this song that slays me every time I hear it, and it's hard to understand at first, because it's like gang vocals, essentially. Right. And it is the line, there's a hole in my heart, but it just makes me unholy. Yeah, that's that's wordplay. And, like, the lyrics on, I, I mean, the album as a whole. But on this song in particular, like, really shines through. And I think that's why they decided to make a music video from this song. 
By the way, did you watch any of the music videos for this album? I did not. Alright, so like... The other two singles are like pretty basic. Uh, I'll get more into them when we get to those songs. This song, the band plays the flying monkeys from the Wizard of Oz looking for <laughs> work after the after the witch dies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good video. <laughs> I gotta say, like as much as I love like ultra serious music videos for serious songs, I also really like it when a band sort of just has fun like this, <laughs> or like you know, Rivers of Nile are like always almost always really stupid and really funny <laughs> they did a lyric video for their song um clarity from volition and um it's just the song itself and the music video is a bunch of larpers one side is star wars and one side is star trek and they're just fighting <laughs> and that's what the song is about <laughs> i can get behind that Anyway, on to my favorite part of the Prison Priest section, uh, Divinity Within. Sure. Yeah, uh, Divinity Within, I have here, uh, just another note about how cool the harmonies on this album are. Like, uh, this is an incredibly technical band, but the singer is also extremely unique. Like, you know, sometimes you see bands that are techni very technical, and the singer is like, well, they're okay. <laughs> you know? Um, and it takes away from everything else when the singer is like, oh. Yeah, everyone in this band is incredibly talented. Um, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> um, That's my high-level analysis. Some things that I want to point out about this song. Uh, the repeated phrasing of, that today you'll bite my neck, that is really good. And how yeah. that keeps playing even as Rhodey goes back into the verses. Uh, also, there are no choruses on this album. I thought I was getting one with a, a later song, like track five, and I was wrong. <laughs> I tried, no yeah, for a couple of these songs, like I tried to pin down some kind of verse structure, and I could not get it. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> They just kind of go wherever they want. But, uh, speaking of that, and the fact that there are no choruses, uh, how old do you think they were when they recorded this album? Um, well, it was 2005, and they're still, like, they're still going at it today, right? Uh-huh. So they have to be, like, decently young, but, like, mid-twenties? Nineteen. What the fuck? Right? <laughs> What I, what I was doing at 19 was having a journey of self-discovery in my college dorm. <laughs> that, I know what you meant, but you just made it sound like you were smoking a lot of weed. No, in reality, I was uh, shaving my beard weird. <laughs> um, yeah, Divinity Within is my favorite song. I've never seen a drug in my life. I think the Prison Priest section is honestly my favorite section of this album okay um because like i am not averse to talks of religion um and i like the ideas presented in the prison priest section mm -hmm. uh, obviously protest the hero has their opinions and they feel very strongly about them otherwise they would not have made an album 
but I do like some of the wordplay used in all three of these songs. Like the yeah. there's a hole in my heart section in Divin or in uh, No Stars, there's a line that says someone plunged a dagger deep into God's chest. Reminds me of the dream I had last night. I'll ask you later. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very raw dream. In Divinity Within, my favorite part of the song is the very end, where he says, when your crime's no longer absurd, what will you say, Keziah? When we ask you, what are your final words? Hmm. I don't know why. That part just speaks to me really, like, a lot. It's got a very, like the trial of Jesus Christ kind of feel. You know, like, Pontius Pilate asks, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus says, you, that's what you say that I am. Right. Religion talk. Religion. Now let's go from religion into politics with I, the prison guard. Uh, yeah, Bury the Hatchet is the fourth song. Hey, why the fuck is the breakdown in this only like two seconds long? Which breakdown? The one at the end. I don't know, but I want more! It's far too good. It's criminally short. Uh, but I, I do like this song, uh, despite that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's a another, you know, heavy hitter here. Um, <laughs> Protests of Heroes breakdowns are just freakishly good. They're really, really good. Um, yeah, this song is very violent. Uh-huh. <laughs> Like, I kind of have to, like, sit back and I'm like, good God, when I listen to this song. <laughs> I think, I think my favorite part of this song is that one breakdown where Rhodey just starts shrieking. That's why it seems kind of funny when he falls to his knees with his hands on his throat as he begs you to please spare his life. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fucking brutal. <laughs> No yeah, who you are. yeah, it's got kind of a hail of sound energy, kind yeah, of a like sadistically kind of vibe. And again, uh, protest the hero, very ham-fisted in their messages, but it always comes across. So who cares? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's good music, so it's like <laughs> pretty much. It would be it would be much worse if it was like <laughs> kind of ham-fisted messages in bad music. Um, let's move on to Nada. Yeah, this is this one tricked me. I thought there was going to be a chorus here. <laughs> I like this is the song that, in my opinion, feels the most like generic metalcore. Okay. Like, I can see that. Yeah. A fair smattering of metalcore now. It kind of just sounds like it's one of the chug along songs. Fair enough. Yeah. But then they have the breakdown in the middle, and I'm like, God damn it, you sons of bitches, you did it again. <laughs> they really did. They got us. <laughs> also, uh, no, talk about that next song. Um, sure. This is, I think this is the shortest song on the album, which is probably why I remember it so infrequently. I think you're right, because I'm seeing, like, if you can call them that, three verses. Three yeah. sections, anyway. <laughs> we'll call them sections. I do like the breakdown, the what will happen to our children part. Mm-hmm. I like... I like when Rhodey Walker just kind of snaps vocally. <laughs> he snaps. His, his normal singing is fantastic. Do not get me wrong, but the man can growl. <laughs> hey, someone's mad. 
<laughs> in on genius. Why? <laughs> Asking the simple questions of how the soldiers and or their families will be taken care of post-war. They gave everything for their country and are getting swept under the carpet as repayments. Not exactly fair. Also, this song has not a goddamn thing to do with Kizia and really does not belong in this album. Okay. <laughs> it's I'm funny glad to me. That you know the song better than the band who wrote it. <laughs> it's alright. Someone in the comments disagrees. So at least we've got some voice of reason here. <laughs> Let's talk about blindfolds aside. Sure, we can talk about blindfolds aside. What did you think of this song, Dave? The energy this song has, I think, is really cool. This is the big single from the album. I believe it, yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's really cool how Protesta Hero is able to go between, like, a really fast, face-melty kind of tune and a slow, heavy jam, like, in the middle of a song. Uh, right. Like, that's hard to do even for experienced fans. Yeah, and, and then, like... We're 19! Yeah, and then after they do that, they do, like, a, a folky kind of kind of tune in the outro like yeah they uh they have a friend who uh is a folk singer named judea kelly she does vocals on the end of this song and in another song that we will get to <laughs> she's yeah but she's really good in this she's really good she's been with the band like on and off for a while now and every time she pops up i'm like hey yeah i like you <laughs> um but uh, a few things I want to talk about with Blindfold Aside. First of all, major props to Tim Millar and Luke Hoskin, because they shred like nobody's business. <laughs> they really do. Like, in this song in particular, their grooves are, like, so forceful, and they hit you right where it counts. And, like, not a single note is misused or wasted. And that's impressive. Yeah. For a six-minute song, too! Yeah, like, it's only six minutes, and it goes everywhere. Right. But, but at the same time, like, it's six whole minutes. <laughs> like, they gotta do this never, for six minutes. It never feels like six minutes. Mm-hmm. It feels simultaneously much shorter and much longer. That being said, um, so like I said earlier, this is an album that means a lot to me. Uh, it more or less shaped who I am in terms of, like, being socially conscious. Because I heard this album when I was, like, 19, 20. Okay. Um, and when I get intimate with an album, I start to learn, like, the insides and outs of it, how it sounds musically, like the guitars, the bass, the drums. One way that I, that I learn the lyrics and the way that the vocals go is I sing. Uh, right. I like to sing quite a bit, and uh, I like to sing the songs from albums that I like so that I can learn them. You do not know how fast this album is until you try to sing every single song on it in one sitting. <laughs> yeah, it's 44 minutes, and it's performed at a, just a breakneck pace. Especially Rody Walker most of the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I neglected talking about it but in Heretics and Killers, he's moving at, like, a mile a minute. Sorry, yeah. a mile a second. Yeah, like, it's it's to the point where <laughs> sometimes it's like you're trying to follow the time signature, and it's hard because they're going so fast that it's almost like, does he really have a time signature, or are they just saying the words? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that he's just, like, 
shrieking the words as fast and as loudly as he can. Mm. It's fantastic. Also, there's a couple lines in this song that uh, jump out at me. First of all, we woke up as men, but tonight, tonight we sleep as killers. It's back. Came back. We uh, do love line. some some uh, lyrical references here. The line in this song that absolutely kills me is no one ever told me that hope would be so beautiful, and no one ever told me I'd have to pull the trigger on her. Mm-hmm. Goddamn. <laughs> 19 years old. Goddamn. Right? <sighs> so, that was the prison guard. What did you think of the prison guard? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's, it's a solid section. I will say that I think the next section is my favorite. That is fair. I personally think that if I had to choose one that I like the least... Like, I love this entire album. Mm-hmm. If I had to choose a part that I like the least, it would probably be the prison guard. Partially because the line, a sin I didn't care for, but a sin that paid my debts, pisses me off. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. I'm not, like, super mad. Uh-huh. I think yeah, like this this section sort of speaks to the the technicality of the band, um, mm-hmm. and I do appreciate it's that. It's a lot more. It's a lot more aggressive, I think, symbolizing the brutal job that the prison guard has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think like the next section, which is uh, sort of about our protagonist. Um, Isaiah. Yeah, is is more sort of a kind of anthemic section. Um, yeah, I can I can agree with that. It's like crack cocaine for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, the next track on the album is She Who Mars the Skin of Gods. Um, and I was getting some heavy, like, uh, D-Louse in the Comatorium vibes at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is very Mars Volta-y. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, in both, like, musicality and also in a way, story. Like, I was getting that same kind of martyry vibe. Uh, if you're familiar with the purported story uh, of DeLaust, um, what happens to, I'm going to say, Clavietica Trace Ojos? I think that's <laughs> wild guess on my part as far as uh, pronunciation and name goes. Um, but similar vibes in terms of the protagonist who... Uh, is sacrificed during wartime, um, killed by a, a, a despot. Um, but then the, the D-Laos character ends up being resurrected as, like, a giant god or something? I don't remember. Yeah, because Aya doesn't come back. <laughs> no, she doesn't, she doesn't get better. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I will take this song, and, uh, because, like, it's a really good song, but... It's not as good as the next few, in my opinion. That's kind of how I feel, too. That being said, the line in this song that fucking kills me every single time, like, I almost cry every time. <laughs> oh, shit. That's oh, fine, I'll come back to it. Um, the line, I'm tired and I'm cold and I want to go to bed. <laughs> There's no one here to tuck me in, so the shotgun will instead. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I said that line to you without without the second half. 
you did, and you were like, God, that's me. And I was like, day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like immediately after I said it to you, I was like, wait, that looks way worse than I meant for it to. <laughs> I'm um, safe. But I will take this time to uh, tell an amusing anecdote that I watched. So when this album became 10 years old in 2015, um, I forget what the YouTube channel was that uh, interviewed them, but they interviewed Tim Millar and Luke Hoskin, the guitarists, mm-hmm. and uh, they told the story of when they first recorded this album. <laughs> you remember when I said they were 19? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it turns out when you're 19, you're a fucking idiot. Because... Okay. They didn't know that you could keep coming back and getting recording time. <laughs> they thought that you had to pay for one session, get it all done perfectly, and that was it. You know what, though? That's me. Like, that's... <laughs> I don't want... That's th- That doesn't necessarily need to come from a place of I'm not even stupid. That just comes from the place of I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm too scared to ask, so I'm just going to follow our frontman who <laughs> seems to know what he's doing. <laughs> They did it. <laughs> Every second on here is one take. They really did, though. <laughs> Every second is one take. What the fuck? Yeah, like, what they basically did is record a live album in a studio. <laughs> basically. Like, also, this is their uh, audio tree live. <laughs> I, I didn't talk about it, but the video for Blindfolds Aside is pretty good. Um, it's... The band dressed up in like prison guard outfits, okay. With guns in their hands, while the band is also playing all with blindfolds on, and the blindfolds steadily come off as the song progresses. I like that. There's one more thing I I want to talk about with regards to the song, and I just DM'd it to you. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> There's an annotation here. It's the second annotation down. Um, and This as restating the line. Yeah, someone with an account name of Jesus Christ marked it as restating the line. Which is far too funny to me. Given, like, the kind of Messiah figure that Keziah is in this. <laughs> Jesus Christ stepped in to talk about Keziah by protest the hero. <laughs> anyway, Turn Soonest to the Sea is my favorite song on this hey, album. This is a favorite song for a lot of people. Yeah, it, it's very catchy. <laughs> it's probably the most anthemic song on the album, too. It probably it's is. The longest. Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> it's a very it's a- kind of. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a. This song said, fuck gender roles. Uh, yeah, pretty much. And I stand. This song said fuck a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Protest the Hero said fuck a lot of things. Um, Protest the Hero is a very feminist band, in case you couldn't tell. I fucking love it. I am here for it. Their very next album is about um, how God is a chick. So, like, there's that for you. I, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that one one day. <laughs> um, anyway, turn soonest to the sea. Yeah. Why is it that songs with the name C in their name are always, like, without fail, really good? Because the C is awesome, Dave. I think you're right. I just am like, right. You just think about a couple of songs 
by bands that have to do with the sea or the ocean. Like I'm thinking, you know, this one, uh, Reassurance Rests in the Sea by uh, The Fall of Troy. The Ocean Grew Hands. Mm -hmm. The Ocean Grew Hands to Hold Me by The Wonder Years. Too good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like this is a... um, like like I was saying, Kaziah is sort of a messiah figure in this uh, story, and this is sort of a um, kind of a rallying cry. Uh, like, Kaziah is about to become a martyr uh, for the cause. Um, it, just, it ends in this really solid outro. Um, it's a big chorus moment that I fucking love. This is probably the closest thing to a chorus this album has. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this is, this is the album, this is the chorus for the album. <laughs> I really like, there are a lot of things in this song that I really like, but the breakdown near the middle, where there's like the spoken word part that ends in your oh, flesh yeah. means more than you. Yeah, I love the That's spoken really word. <laughs> yeah, um, just the, the range that the vocalist was able to pull off on this album is... Walker is incredible and this isn't even like his high point shit <laughs> i'm telling you most people like fortress more than this album because roadie walker is such a good singer <laughs> He's, yeah he said that uh, this would blow my mind and you're you're right <laughs> i it's it's one of those things where the second you hear it you're like hang on this is life-changing unbelievable <laughs> But yeah, this life changing. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah, this song ends on a, a ready aim shout, uh, and it makes me sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is this is about because because I getting shot, um, <laughs> and it's sad. Do you want to know the secret, Dave? What's the secret? This is my second favorite song on the album. I absolutely respect it. Primarily because the intro riff is just so good. No, yeah, it's it's really good. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that good. It just is. It it did not like they could have, they could have just dialed it. They could have phoned it in for nine and ten, and and they kept going. You're like, they no, really we got, did that. we got they the really rest did. of an album. They really did do that though. Also, this is the last uh, music video for the album, and it's the band playing in a bar. That is filled with a bunch of vampire women. Okay. And, um, if that exists, somebody please point me there. Just we'll find it, buddy. We'll go on Google Maps. <laughs> I mean, we can't right now. It's a moot point at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this song brings back Judea Kelly with a much larger role. Mm. Uh, there are a couple of small things in the song that build it up as a whole. Uh, for example... Brody Walker does a fucking tongue twister. <laughs> yeah, he really does. <laughs> let me let me find the exact one because I don't know all of it offhand. Nine <laughs> suicide of K. I have genius pulled up here. It's true that Tackless Team Totem Poles turns to tired taboos. <laughs> Try saying that four times fast. I will fuck it up and be it will be embarrassing for all of us. Also, uh, there's another one actually. This one's not as uh, prevalent, but it is uh, the tip of my tongue's already touching the top of my mouth. It's meaning manifest in mercy. Jesus. 
<laughs> and he sings it fast. He sings it really fast. This is my favorite song to sing, but it's so hard. Absolutely nutty. <laughs> I do uh, like the. Also, I do like the. Back. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. <laughs> Same wavelength. I do like that. And then my favorite part of this song is the ending, where they repeat the line. Resurrected to be killed, then maybe born again. I'll always be Kaziah as long as any hope remains. Mm-hmm. I really and like. That, I like that a lot. Yeah, I really like that idea. I'm glad it's they. Really good. I'm glad they put that in there. And then it ends on like a ticking clock. Mm-hmm. Which goes into fun fact, my favorite song on the album. Okay. Yeah, the last song on the album is uh, called A Plateful of Our Dead. It's the 10th track. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe this album is just 44 minutes. <laughs> right? It like, feels so much shorter. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, this was my ringtone for like two years. You know, I absolutely respect it. Anytime I would get a phone call, I would just get the first line of the song, and I'd be like, "Oh, I want to listen, but also I gotta pick this up. It's my mom calling." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is sort of a kind of a epilogue-ish song. Um, this is supposed to be, I believe, Kazaya's last words. Okay. Yeah, I like uh, it. It's also it's also supposed to be a statement from the band. Basically saying, believe what you want, but be ready to face opposition for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like get ready to stand up and also maybe get shot by a firing squad over it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that kind of kind of ending track. Um... And the reason that I like this song so much is literally all of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. There's not a single line in this song that I don't like. Or sorry, don't love. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about the lines? If I had a gun, I'd pump your ethics full of lead. If I believed in meat, I'd eat a plate full of our dead. That's so good! <laughs> but, talk about, there's a you and I in union, but just an I in my beliefs. There's yeah. a crashing plane with a banner that reads everyone's naive. <laughs> just like... Rhodey did not have to go as hard as he did on, like, singing this, but he also, like, he did that, and then he wrote these lyrics. <laughs> and he was 19! And he was 19! And he got a bunch of other bandmates together that were also really good at their craft. Also, I'd rather kill a stupid flower and spread its seeds around until a garden with our bullet-laden mold found. Fuck, man. That's how it ends! That's such a good way to end! It's fantastic. Oh. So, Kazaya is a good album. album. I love this <laughs> album. Yeah, I was very entertained by this album. Um, I like I like concept albums a lot, and I also like good concept albums, and I like post-hardcore albums. Uh, and this is sort of a, sort of a perfect storm for that. Um, I'd say my favorite song is turn soonest to the sea uh and on the whole i give it uh 
an Undertale out of ten. Great. Um, so here's a little behind the scenes magic for those of you at home. Oh, I, I love that. Going, going to give Dave uh, the album "Flesh Coffin" by Lorna Shore. Mm-hmm. But then, about a week after that, I realized, hmm, I don't think he would like that as much as he would like this. So I <laughs> gave him Kazaya instead, and I was like, "Yeah, this is about what I thought." <laughs> it's it's fantastic. <laughs> Why don't you tell the people what I gave you for this week? You gave me "Beneath the Brine" by the Family Crest. That's right. Uh, the Family Crest is, if I'm not mistaken, a California-based uh, kind of indie. I would say prog band. Um, yeah, they're from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, that kind of San Fran indie uh, orchestral-ish vibes. Um, I've been recommended them a lot because they are similar to the Deer Hunter. Uh, and you actually saw these this band live, didn't you? Yeah, um, this is a first on this show. Um, I am very familiar with the Family Crest. Uh, not, like, because I've listened to them a lot, but because I saw them live. I have a signed EP by them. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit, what do you have? <laughs> uh, which one is it? The one with sparks on it. Okay. Uh, Prelude to War. Gotcha. One of the 2017 ones. Uh, yeah. Um, I talked to the piano player. I think I flirted with her. I'm not sure. Whoa. It was 2017. It was a different time. <laughs> that was like five years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been six at this point. I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> I was but in my mother's womb. <laughs> um... Yeah, so, like I said, this is a new experience for both of us, I think, uh, because I know this band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, the, like, pretty much the only Family Crest stuff that I have been familiar with uh, up until this point is uh, this album to a certain extent, and their first EP, Songs in the Valley Below, to this extent. Uh, so I would say that... Cam knows at least as much, if not more, about this band than I do. <laughs> I have heard some of these songs live, I'll put it that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, you've you've been through a concert. <laughs> uh, by the way, they're great live. I just want to put that up. I really want to see them live. So I'll dress up as my D&D cool. character. <laughs> Go to see the Family <laughs> Crest live. Get my goat ears headband. This is a good plan that won't backfire. <laughs> mm-hmm. They'll love that. No one will look at me funny. Dude, like, they dress up in, like... You were in band, right? I was in band. They dress up in band, like, fancy uniforms for band. Yeah, that sounds that sounds accurate. Like, given what I, what I can gather from San Fran indie band that does, like, prog-ish orchestral stuff, that, that fits. That tracks. They're also all classically trained musicians. I 100% believe it. So yeah, um, the album begins with Beneath the Brine, the title track. And I don't know what I was expecting, but, well, I know what I was expecting. I was expecting (laughs) love songs, a lot of love songs. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of love songs. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad thing, mind you. When I was younger, I was like, eh, when it came to bands that primarily played love songs. But now I'm 24, and I'm like, I listen to Bowling for Soup. I don't give a shit anymore. You grow up and you get sappier. 
basically. But uh, this is more of a morbid, somber love song. Yeah. Um, and, like, you can tell from the first note that's played that this is an album that is going to grasp you and more or less take you on a journey. Whether it's yeah. a concept album or not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's a concept album. <laughs> I don't know. on Wikipedia for it, so I don't. Uh-huh. I am, Genius tells me that this is probably uh, based on a Walt Whitman poem. Uh, me. Yeah, so it, it also wouldn't surprise me if they like took it one step further and like made a whole concept album just about a Walt Whitman poem, because it's not like that hasn't been done before, but um, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I like the I like the way that this singer, whose name is... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> You're on your own. Uh, Liam McCormick. I have the Wikipedia page because okay. I want to be hashtag notified. I'll probably pull that up too. Knowledgeable. That's the word. Uh, Liam McCormick is similar to Casey Crescenzo in his lyric writing, mm -hmm. except uh, Casey uses a lot more like symbolic imagery in his. Uh, Liam focuses a lot more on like realistic imagery. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, for example, uh, uh, I like the uh, line in the second verse where he says, Oh, my waking world, I leave you for a girl. Mm -hmm. Cast away into this blight, swimming blindly through the night. Like, it's more or less a take on when you love someone, you will throw everything, you have the capacity to throw everything else in your life away and only focus on that person. Yeah. And this song doesn't particularly paint it in a good light, but it doesn't paint it in a bad light either. Yeah, it's sort of like going into the unknown. Basically. And I like, I like that a lot because it's a different take on the classic love song of, oh, I will leave everything behind just to be with you. Like, there is a capacity for me to do that, but it would mean leaving everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, it's it's a scary prospect. And the song treats it as such. The trumpet player, or not, yeah, trumpet player does a very good job of making this seem very scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, like, even that, even that first, like, cello... Um, Just like backbone that it's got going on. The beginning, like thirty seconds of the song, is just perfect. Yeah, it's really pretty. Uh, it leads into the world. What do you think of the world? It reminds me of the Lumineers. I agree. <laughs> That's not a bad thing, but it reminds me of the Lumineers. Yeah, like I don't like Ophelia by the Lumineers. I'm not huge on this one. It's not bad, because it's a family crest, you know? Um, I like the lyrics in this song a lot. The lyrics are, I would say, better than the sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, a lot of that also has to do with uh, similar reasons why I was listening to... What did I say I was listening to? Uh, Slipknot. Uh, mm -hmm. We Are Not Your Kind. Like, mm -hmm. I like the part... Um, Uh, blah, blah. 
I like the part where he says, here, dear, you must stay clear of his heart because he threw it like a stone. Mm -hmm. Basically saying, like, you you got to get away from that guy because he's just going to treat you bad the entire rest of your life if you let him. Yeah. Thanks, Monarch. Hi, Monarch. My cat, as soon as I got done saying that, looked up on my couch and gave a very loud, and jumped on. <laughs> Color commentary. She seems to have enjoyed my deep lyrical analysis of the world by the family crest. <laughs> Who the hell doesn't? <laughs> uh, it then goes into Love Don't Go. I like this song a lot, actually. Yeah. I feel like this one might get slept on. I feel like I sleep on this one. <laughs> I like the way that it like starts off kind of soft and steadily. Gr it reminds me, you know what? It reminds me of a Steam Power Giraffe song. That's why yeah. I like it so much. Yeah, I think they have a they have a similar energy, not the same, but similar. No, because Steam Power Giraffe is a lot more silly, mm -hmm. a lot more uh, off the wall kind of. Can we get away with this kind of thing? Yeah, the Family Crest I think takes themselves. Uh, pretty seriously um, in that way, but they've got a similar kind of sound. When I saw them live, they joked around, but they, like, took what they were doing. Seriously. Right. Yeah, like, they're, they're that kind of band. Um, what I like about this song, again, the lyrics, uh, so you lost your head inside your heart in the weighty world that tore you apart, and you've all but given up on the stone you call a heart. Mm-hmm. I like that line a lot. Yeah, I really yeah, like that. Similar, similarly to the to the previous song. But like three fourths into the song, it tempo changes, and mm -hmm. I was not expecting this tempo change. <laughs> it was. It was not as good as "Protest the Hero," but nothing can be. It's it's, it's a high bar to pass. Yeah. It's really hard. Um. But it was it was a nice change of pace. I was not expecting it to go from like kind of a somber tune to a more jaunty kind of song. Yeah, it's a good counterbalance. It was good, and then it goes into Williams Dirge, which is a funeral dirge. Mm -hmm. it's I good, but adore like, Williams Dirge, actually. That's fair. <laughs> I really like that kind of New Orleans wake kind of feel that it's got. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a trombone player myself, so I'm a little biased. <laughs> that makes sense. There's a time and a place for it, but I I just... Listen, when you put it right before Howl, you got hard competition. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, it's it's really more of a, a lead into Howl than anything else. If nothing else, it's short. That's fair, yeah. It's only like a minute long. But it goes into my favorite song on the album. Oh, it's so fucking good. Howl is great. <laughs> it's like if... It's like if Diablo Swing Orchestra decided to f lean very heavily on the swing aspect. Mm-hmm. Which, if you don't know Diablo Swing Orchestra, look them up, you're welcome. Yeah, Howl's got a very kind of dark Dixieland vibe uh, yeah. that I really love. And... Like, the song is just about having sex with someone, which is fine. <laughs> but, like, similar to um, the bittersweet three embraced by the deer hunter, he says it in a way that makes it seem more romantic than 
the fact that he's just looking for a one night stand. Yeah, it's it, yeah. <laughs> it feels more than it feels like it's it's about more than just sex, kind of. Exactly. No matter like whether or not he means it that way, like it's what it sounds like, mm-hmm. and I, I just adore listening to this song. It's it's such a fun listen every time. I, uh, I, I don't have enough words to describe. Yeah, I think you know I'll, I'll say it like I... this. When I first heard Hal, I had to keep, I had to physically stop myself from listening to Hal so I wouldn't get tired of it. <laughs> oh god, that's a mood. I think what really did it for me was the little drum intro in the beginning. Hmm. Because like you hear a lot of that in like metal music. You'd think I'd get bored of it. I never do. <laughs> if a song starts with a drum intro, I'm there. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. Uh, with that, we're gonna chill out a little bit and listen to The Water's Fine. Do you chill out when you listen to The Water's Fine? I get hyped. Of they do. <laughs> <laughs> then like... it starts to like amp up and I get a little bit angry. Uh-huh. I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah we're listening to The Water's Fine. <laughs> And then there's a saxophone solo. There is. It's so fucking good. This is a great track. Yes. I also slept on this one. (laughs) This is one that, like, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, this is okay. And then I listened to it a second time, and I was like, wait. This is great. (laughs) It is. It is. It's such a sleeper hit. (laughs) I think, uh, what is her name? Why do you not have... Oh, okay. Where the fuck... I'm trying to find out... Uh, Laura Bergman. She's the piano player. She does a really good job on this one. Far too good. It's criminal. She is, in my opinion the best member of the band. <laughs> and not just because I have a crush on her. That's regardless of the point. <laughs> nah, but for real, she does a fantastic fucking job throughout this entire album. Yeah, she really does. I think... No. Uh, they played um, Howl live, I think. When Ooh, I, saw I would kill for that. I believe they also played Love Don't Go. The The big song I remember from that night was Sparks, because that's how they started the concert off, and I love that song. I'll definitely have to give Dear Other Stuff a listen soon. It'll yeah, happen one way, or the like whether I want to or not, I'll end up listening to the Family Crest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, other albums aside, why is there one song... On every album that breaks me down. <laughs> it's the power of music. There's at least one on every single one that you give me. It <laughs> breaks me in one way or another. <laughs> like, I can't, I, I, I have no answer. <laughs> like, on August and Everything After, every song broke me down. That's an outlier. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> But yeah, I Am the Winter fucking kills me. (laughs) It's very sad. You know what? I know why. 
Because it's a stripped-down version of Tiny Vessels by Death Cab for Cutie. There you go. That'll do it. Like, it's almost the same, except this is more orchestral. Yeah. A little bit oh, more like... slightly, though. Performance art. No. Not performance art. I'm not sure what words I'm going for. I love so many things about this song. Um... This is very much a breakup song or like a fuck you i'm not coming back to you kind of song because <laughs> there is uh in the second verse maybe there's a man that's holding out love his undying hand with a warmth a loving spark to pull you out away love from the dark mm-hmm. and the refrain is it's not mine this time yeah. Which. Yeah. Wow. It's heavy. As somebody who's been in this situation, wow. Mm-hmm. God damn. Uh-huh. Woo! So she knows my name. <laughs> I like this one for the for the two lines. Um, well, she screams a lot and cries to be alone, so it's not that bad when she goes. Yeah. <laughs> the, like the juxtaposition of she screams a lot and cries to be alone and it's not that bad made me giggle. <laughs> uh, I mean, like this is a song about a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. No spoilers, there are a lot of those on this album. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, this is kind of a similar uh, style lyrically to the previous song. Uh, but this seems to, like, give a full picture of the relationship rather than just, hey, fuck off, I don't want to be with you anymore. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> this is more of a, things started out great, but, like, she kind of treated me like shit throughout the entire rest of the relationship. Mm. Wh- which, again, I, I feel. <laughs> lyrics a lot on the show and that's because those are the parts that i remember the most yeah you're a very lyrics oriented person because i like lyrics i like poetry i like words they can make me say things but the line i like in this song is and this widow of old past insidious hearts when she screams a lot and cries to be alone mm-hmm. like yes there's the funny juxtaposition of she screams <laughs> a lot and cries to be alone so it's not that bad. <laughs> But the line, this widow of old past insidious hearts, like, it's yeah. basically saying this is a girl who's had a lot of trauma. At least that's the way I interpret it. Yeah, it's, it's a solid couplet. It's, it's good. I don't know as many pretty words as I would like to make people think I do. <laughs> But uh, as we move forward with this uh, album, we will learn that the next song is titled Clever <laughs> 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 Segway, alright. <laughs> yeah, another successful track segue. We did it, Reddit. Love to talk about albums. <laughs> I love music so much. Unpopular opinion, music's good. Shame! That's a weird hunter <laughs> song. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't suffer the blame. 
but now it's the only way that you can find to mend. Words good. Shame good song. Listen shame to good. Shame. Deer Hunter and Family Crest good. Yeah, I've heard have Shame. You heard, have you heard the Audio Tree live version of Shame? Um, I don't think so. That video adds 10 years to my life every time I watch it. I really want to see it now and become older. Uh, anyway, um, sorry. This is not about the Deer Hunter, my favorite band of all time. Um, this is about the Family Crest, which is the version of the Deer Hunter you can get if you only have a nickel. You know what? The Family Crest is basically like the Deer Hunter if they focused more on like being like the Lumineers or being like any sort of indie rock band that became popular for one song. <laughs> What's funny is that's not like, that's not really a dig. <laughs> Cause like, they're still really good. <laughs> right? <laughs> like they remind me of fun, except they had more than one album. <laughs> Damn. For the record, I like fun. I think that, um, oh God, what is that album even called? The one with, I think it's just called Some Nights. I have Some no idea. Nights is a really good album. I know the song is called Some Nights, that's all I know. I love that song, dude. I had I'm a couple related. friends who were big Fun nights. fans, but I don't know that much about Nate Roos besides Fun in the format. I mean, Nate Roos is a pretty good singer overall. The fact that he can make auto-tune auto as a uh, guitar solo is pretty neat. Yeah, I respect Nate Roos a lot. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> if you couldn't tell... I didn't have as much of a chance to get intimate with these last four songs. Fair enough. Yeah, um, I like as we move forward well enough. I think it's got a nice, it's got a nice beat. Um, I think if you like "Whisper" by the Deer Hunter, you'll like as we move forward. Um, but I, I think like that "Whisper" by the Deer Hunter. I think that the chorus maybe drags a little bit. I don't know. Um, I think that these last four maybe are not quite as strong as the front half. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. It could have ended at She Knows My Name, and I would have been okay. I, I would have been down for that. Yeah, I, also, I think based on two listens, based on just a, a small sampling of, you know, the family crest that I've heard in my life, um, I think they might be more solid just in the EP format, just releasing a couple of really solid songs and, like, getting to, getting to work those out. Um, right. Because I think sometimes... Uh, you know, you start to release, an, you, you work on an LP, and I think sometimes it can get a little crowded. Uh, and it's it's a lot easier to just refine something down to just a, a handful of songs for an EP. Unfortunately, not all of us are the deer hunter, and not all of us write uh, perfect albums with 15 tracks in them. <laughs> well, we can't all be Casey. God, I wish it could be. What a world. <laughs> all right, um... What was I going to say? I feel like we talked about Protest the Hero, how it doesn't feel like that album in 44 minutes. Mm -hmm. Feels like it's much shorter. Mm -hmm. uh, this album feels longer than 53 minutes. <laughs> I think I agree with that. <laughs> like a lot of these songs are just long. Not They're long. Like enjoyable kind of long. Yeah, they just there's maybe just a little bit more space than there needs to be. I did like when the lights go out though. Mm -hmm. I think this this one's very emotional. It's a duet between Liam McCormick and uh, Laura... Bergman. Bergman. That's the, that's the name. Did it. Got the names. I wish Genius would list their names. 
I'm on Wikipedia to find their names. Yeah, I had I had to go back over to Wikipedia to find it. But yeah, this is a uh, duet between Laura and Liam, and Laura's a really good singer as well. Yeah. She doesn't sing a whole lot from what I can tell. She's mostly like background singing, like gang vocal style. Yeah. So not actually gang vocals. If you know anything about gang vocals, they're not on the Family Crest album. Yeah. And she's also, you know, when you're doing like flute and percussion and, you know, it's it's more difficult than it seems to like play an instrument and sing at the same time. <laughs> Dude, she like plays the flute. She will regularly grab a tambourine and start playing that. She plays the piano. Just a queen. She's fantastic, and I love her. And I would give her a hug if I could. <laughs> uh, there's a thunder. I don't remember this song at all. This one's got like a kind of... I'm not sure how to describe the vibe of this song, but I don't, I don't love it quite as much as I do uh, some of the other ones. It's fine. Um, it's a, it's a little more of a kind of hopeful tune. Um, Which is, there's a place for that. I just yeah. don't think that this one really lands that well. I think it will probably end up in a D&D playlist that I have <laughs> um, at some point. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it's, it's probably not one of the higher points in the album. How about Make Me a Boat? I like Make Me a Boat. I also like Make Me a Boat. It's a silly song, but I like it. Yeah, it's kind of a... Um, I, I, it's kind of a good closer. Um, I think it's like a nice, um, like, it's kind of like ending your book on a poem. Basically. That's how it, it feels to me. me. lyrically of a Devin Townsend song. Okay. And that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a really good thing. Uh, because, like, a lot of his stuff off of, like, Addicted and even Empath, it's a lot more of, like, a positive-type feel. Yeah. Uh, Addicted focused more on it, and in Devin's own words, kind of made it silly by the end of the album. Yeah. Those are his words, not mine. But I like the positivity, even if it does come off as a bit ham-fisted. Yeah, and I think <laughs> maybe with the way that things have been going lately, I think, I think there's definitely a place for that right now. Mm-hmm. So, overall... Make me a boat. Good ending track. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, Beneath the Brine by the Family Crest. It was staring <laughs> me in the face. And it sure was. <laughs> well, I mean, I got it pulled up on Genius and it's showing the art for the Make Me a Boat single, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> I'm not sure either. But anyway, uh, this was a good album. It was not the best thing I've ever heard, but I did enjoy my time with it. And yeah. As long as I do that, that's all I care about. I think that in a way, mentioning the deer hunter in the same breath as the family crest is maybe poisoning the well a little bit. Because, like, they're not the deer hunter. They are their own thing, and it's sort of like, if you try, if you go into this sort of expecting the deer hunter too, you're probably going to be a little disappointed. Um, but I think... I mean, you won't be super disappointed. No. <laughs> no, because they're really talented. But I think, you know, it, you got to approach it on its own merits, I think. Yeah, that's fair. But also, like, I have gotten a few friends into the Deer Hunter. Um, one of them being my good friend Dana. Hi, Dana. And, uh, she likes to regularly ask me on Thursdays, like, 
hey, you record tonight, right? What albums are you doing? Even though, like, she does not know half the albums that I give you. And she <laughs> never knows any of the albums. <laughs> Except for, she knew Death Cab for Cutie, and she said herself, I didn't think it was that great. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, she knew Reliant K, too. Never mind. Either way, um, she asked me about uh, what I was, what we were doing today, and I was like, oh, you know, protest the hero and the family crest. And she was like, who are they? Like, That's what I figured. And I explained <laughs> Kazaya to her, and she's, she was like, well, shit, I might have to listen to that. And then I explained the family crest to her, and I was like, oh, yeah, they're like the deer hunter, but, like, poppier. She was like, I really have to listen to them. Oh, yeah. Dana, you're going to like the family crest. She doesn't listen to this podcast. Well, I'll <laughs> communicate it through her, to her telepathically then. Okay. Anyway, my favorite song off this album was Howl. Understandable. Uh, that, one's, that one's going in the all-time favorites playlist, like, right away. It's a bop. But overall, this was a good one. I think this is... This is probably the most positive in an episode we've been in a long time, and that's saying something. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we're, we're here to give a little positivity to our audience. Heaven knows we need it right now. Yeah. Everybody, uh, take care of yourself, because we love you a lot. We do. If you want to find us on Twitter, uh, you can find me... <laughs> You can find me at space underscore ace underscore rat. Uh, I post about my comic sometimes. Uh, can the people find you? Can you be found? Uh, you can find me uh, at Dragon Raja Game, which <laughs> is definitely not a promoted ad that and is definitely me posting about this mobile game where you can play as an anime girl. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye, everybody.